met you at a party Spilled the Diet Coke and Bacardi When you saw me all up on your dark jeans Should've known it was a game you were starting Mario Karting 18 months of innocence Solve a text you sent to him Raise a scooter to my shins Should've seen it coming All my friends fucking hate you Welcome back to the Movie Draft House. I'm your host, Mark, joined by co-host Jeff. Hey there, man. What up? Happy what's New Year. It do? Yeah, what's it doing in 2024? Oh, it's doing. doing. It's, it's doing, I think. Okay. Trying right, well, to do we, camera we, angle out. We, we've uh, we've barely made it into 2024, and you already sound like you're you're through with it. So I'm done. Um, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look good Mostly for the rest of the year. Mostly because the movies you make me watch. Anyways. Uh, before we get into what we watched this week, because it's a new month, which means it's a new theme, which means we also have some new music to plug here on the podcast. And uh, this month, January 2024, we give a shout out to the band The Wildlife. And Ooh. let me spell that for you. It's The W-L-D-L-F-E. The no no eyes. Spelled? There's no eyes in that. There's no that, eyes in the in wild that name, right? The wildlife, um, with their song "All of My Friends." I'm sorry, all my friends, not all of. It's all my friends. That's the song. Uh, they're an indie pop rock band uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, they're doing big things, making the making the journey around the continental United States. Um, so check their website, check the links to all their social media accounts in the show notes. Uh, you can find them below, or, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, hit the show notes there. Uh, they're doing big things everywhere. Just give them, give them a, a like, follow, subscribe. Tell them what's up. Tell them what's up. Tell them the, the movie draft house sent you. Um, be careful with that though. Okay. Just be careful with it. What's happening? <laughs> So nothing. Something's nothing. happened. I don't know about. No, I would tell you if something happened. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing that's happened. I'm just saying, like you know, um, we're still fragile, uh, and mm, must be Italian. You know, we don't. Someone is, rewatched it, uh, Christmas Story recently. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jeff, it's a it's a new month, which means new themes. So, what's our theme this week? Our this theme month? this month is films. Starred by an act, act directing, it's directed and starring yes, the director they, is the best way go. to put it. For example, if we were to have watched Light of My Life from 2019 that runs for yeah. an hour and 59 minutes, that film was directed by and starring Casey Affleck as well as Anna Panowski and uh, some other people. Uh, Elizabeth Moss would be the other name. Um yeah, Mark picked this. Yep. And uh, if I remember correctly, you said that you had done a five-minute review over on our YouTube channel. I did. And um, then you and picked it, so I imagine you thought it was good. Yeah, so when I, I watched it, and I watched it a couple weeks ago, and I just remember, like, and I, 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 I still vividly remember watching it for the first time because it was only a couple weeks ago. Um, and I'm not like Jeff where I died once and came back to life yep. and don't have my memory, but well, why am I mem Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do, do you have like superpowers now? No, nope. you have certain abilities that are heightened None. now that you, 
Anyways, we're we're cracking jokes that were so last year. Um, <laughs> Literally. But <laughs> anyways, um, I watched it in like I at the time when I watched it, I was just scrolling through movies. I think it was on Prime, and um, I saw this. I, I'm I like Casey Affleck. Um, I, you know, I know you're not a fan of him, but I like him as an actor. Um, I don't I don't really care anything about his personal life or anything like that. Um, I know that he's got a brother, Ben. Never heard of him. Uh, right. Um, but I actually think that Casey Affleck is the more uh, talented of the two um, as far as kind of just being Looking able to- Looking sad on screen? Uh, no, yes, he, he has he resting does. crying face. <laughs> just go look up some pictures. Google Casey Affleck and you'll see a guy who looks like he's on the verge of tears. And it doesn't matter what picture you get. That's true. It's true. He he has he has he has constant sorrow face. Um but I remember I was like I was like, man, that was a really good fucking movie that I just watched. So I went and looked it up on IMDB and started looking at reviews, and then I saw that he directed and wrote this. So And I was like, holy shit. The last film he wrote, well, I don't know about wrote, but directed was I'm Still Here, which is a hot pile of trash. Um, I had thought he had directed more films, though. I thought for one, I thought he directed Manchester by the Sea, which he didn't. But for some reason, it was in my brain that he had. But I honestly thought he had way more movies under his belt. Wasn't it not Gone Girl? But wasn't there one Go Girl, Go Get It Girl, Girl, <laughs> Gone Girl, go, go Baby Girl? Jeez, what's it called? I don't know. I swear, there's a movie. He, gone Baby Gone. Gone um, Baby Gone, yeah. yeah. He was not in that. Yes, he was. was he? Gone yes. Baby Gone? Yes. He was not in Gone Girl, which is his brother, but Gone Baby Gone. He's the lead in that. And he looks like he's crying. I mean, it's just what he does. But I, uh. for some reason, had it in my mind, Mandela Effect or whatever you want to call it, that he had directed uh, more films uh, but no, he's got a pair of them. Uh, it looks like he's got an upcoming film called Far Bright Star. Uh, but his first film, um, I'm Still Here, I really hate. Um, and I think you even weren't on board with it, but maybe you gave it more of a what, pass I'm still here? than I would have. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think I I did. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, didn't, I don't think I recommended it, but... Um it was like it was a it was an interesting concept, right? No, um, but it's interesting to you. <laughs> okay, right, fair uh, opinions. We all have one, like assholes. Um, Whoa, speak for yourself. <laughs> have mine. Oh, you so have a colossal shut. You got a colossal bag, don't you? Yeah, man, it's the That's life. That's, That's why I can it, podcast without it getting interrupted. <laughs> That's what happens when you die once. No, um, not always. <laughs> this was the, totally uh, elective. Anyways, um, so I when I when I first watched it, I was like, man, I thought like, that I felt like that was a good film. Um, and it was it was like, like a film that that stuck with me after watch I watched it. I, mm-hmm. I felt like the next the next day I was thinking about it, and I was like, man. I need to do. I need to do a uh, a review, like a, a short review of this. But I also, one, I think I even referenced it in the in the five minute review that I, if I had the opportunity to pick it, I would here on the podcast because 
I wanted you to see it because I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, and so that's really, and it had nothing to like. This theme had nothing to do with like ultimately me getting you to watch this film. It just happened to line up that way. Um, you but, picked the theme, right? I did, but I, I so you had this in mind, didn't you? I did not have this in mind when I. Okay. I what what movie did we watch a couple weeks ago? That was directed by and starring the same person. We watched one. Was it one of um, our Christmas films? It could have been. It wasn't directed by know. Goldberg. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Should have been. Um, I don't know. It's uh, so. I and upon this viewing of this one, I was more dialed into the dialogue. Um, and I, I will say, you know, this film is very dialogue heavy. Uh, it has got two main characters, and they're pretty much the only two characters throughout the entire film. Um, but I was dialed into the dialogue is because I felt after I watched it the first time that there's probably a lot of foreshadowing in the in the dialogue throughout, not just in certain parts, but throughout. And uh, um, anyways, we'll get into it. But uh, you're you had never seen it and your initial thoughts. I had not seen it, and I set aside my feelings for Casey Affleck and his piece-of-shit film and his alleged acts. And um, I really liked it. It is really good. Um, I found it to be quite thrilling and suspenseful, and I liked his use of... uh, ambient music for the score uh and then at a lot of key points there'd be no music at all i thought it was a very beautiful looking movie shot really well um and it was a a gripping story yeah so uh the two hours and the for the first probably 10 minutes of the film you just get Casey Affleck talking to his daughter or he's reading or reciting a bedtime story for his daughter and it's kind of retelling of Noah's Ark but in a weird you know yeah it's fun fresh way right yeah and we we get we don't get any clues about the world from the story but it's just a it's an intimate moment between dad and daughter and we get the feeling from the first 10 minutes that Casey Affleck lives for his daughter in this movie um and that's really all you need uh through and then and then you know after that because there's kind of a, a banter back and forth between uh, his daughter and him and then you know, and then we get it. Then we get kind of get going into the story. I just thought it was a really good um, introduction to these two characters, is because we get to see how much thought and care that he puts into um just his relationship. And then we get then we get the 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 scope broadens, and we find out that this is a you know it's kind of post apocalypse a little bit, and. Um, you know, women don't exist really. Uh, yeah. Other than in certain areas, it does it, slowly unwind the tale initially, and then there's a little bit of an expedition ex, 
exposition dump in the form of newspapers that yeah. they show. But Which I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just uh for the only reason I found it of note is because the movie does at the beginning make a point of not telling you everything or allowing you to figure it out through context clues, right? And then you get to this point where you're like halfway through the film, you pretty much already figured it out, and then it does an exposition dump, I guess for the people in the back who didn't follow the story. (laughs) Uh, um, No, it's just... And and I, this is this is a film where I think Casey Affleck's resting uh, sad face really comes right. in handy. <laughs> it really um, does because there's because, no points where this character's happy anyway. Right? No, and 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 like that's a, and it's almost like he he knows that about himself, which I'm th- I'm sure he does. But um, and he knows that this his daughter, the the actress playing opposite him in this story is a very hopeful and um kind of adventurous character and she's uh, uh she's quizzical and um just wants to learn more and he's constantly having to beat her down in the form of you can't do these things because you'll die um and and he doesn't want to tell he really want to tell her why and then he you know he just he stops her from being a kid at at different times throughout the movie and um it's it's heartbreaking but you understand it right um you understand that the, i think she's what 12 years old in this movie um that she very much wants to kind of develop herself into who she thinks she should be and Casey Affleck is like absolutely not um we have to do things by the book here because if we don't they'll kill you or they'll take you and yeah I don't think any of their intentions were to kill her no um but I think he like at different times he he phrases their safety as you know if they, if they, if if people catch up to us, or people find out that you're a, a female, um, we may not live, right? And well, so, he won't. They'll take right. her. So my the 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 whole thing is that they take her. Uh, you get a lot. Well, they don't ever say it. The uh, a lot of rape would probably possibly happen. Okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of the things I thought, you know, like well, there aren't you know, any women or a lot of women. And the, and the backstory is, uh, you know, the world was inflicted by some sort of um, illness where it killed a majority of the women on Earth. And um, and that's why his he's cut his daughter's hair and um, she, you know, he, look, he passes her off as a boy. And it's just... Which you feels know, it's, like nobody actually ever buys it. Like well, every I mean, time, that's this is a boy, and everybody's like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> right." Um, but like from the first interaction they have with another human in the movie, in, in the woods where the the old man's at their tent, you know, um, Casey Affleck is very standoffish. He's very careful, um, you know, very suspicious of everybody, and. His daughter's very like, oh, hey, I'm here. 
let me, uh, I, that's another person. Let me talk to him, you know? And, um, I just felt like their dynamic fit very well. Um, and he's constantly having to battle himself in allowing her to be a, an adolescent, um, preteen person that is trying to develop their own identity and keeping them safe. And he, and he, he's at conflict, right? He's, he doesn't know. He's constantly struggling with what the decision should be. Um, and he kind of gives in, you know, in the kind of the second act of the movie where they find the, the house. Um, and uh, the daughter really wants to stay there. And he's like, ah, oh, no, we can only stay for a day. And then she's like, but why? She goes, this house is full of dust. There's no, nobody's been here in however long. And he kind of gives in. It's because she's got a point. But also, she's shown this um, this excitement in a world that she doesn't really have any reason to be excited for. And um, and in this house, she finds, you know, uh, girl clothes, and she tries them on, and they fit perfect. And she's so excited. And he comes in, and he's like, "No, fuck that, take them off." Um, and he gets upset with her, and and he knows that that if she's seen outside with those clothes, people will instantly know or catch on that that she's probably a female. And it just man, it it, it strikes me, and and I think it maybe resonates more with me than maybe it did with you, is because I'm a, I'm a, I'm you're a girl dad. I'm a girl dad. Is that I I am living that I'm living the 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 teenager trying to find herself even outside of an apocalypse <laughs> and um and it's it's a struggle right uh, it's a struggle with letting them be themselves while also trying to look out and and care for them and make sure they're they're not doing dumb things and knowing that they're going to do dumb things and letting them do dumb things as long as they don't kill themselves um I can I could I just I connected with Affleck's character in this film, and I think that's probably a reason why I connected more with him. But I understand it as far as a parent, and I'm sure you do too. Is that it's a it, you put yourself in his shoes, and even if it wasn't a female, it was just you know a, a, a teenage preteen boy or whatever, and you're just like, how do we allow them to be a kid and keep them safe and also keep them cautious you know and it's just the the movie constantly deals with but it's so intimate and how it tells its story that's why i think i think that's why it's so such such a good movie is that there's there's hints at broader conflict here right but we never see it the movie never really makes us concerned for it um we see elizabeth moss's character in little flashbacks here and there um where she reveals that she's got whatever illness and then, you know, they have this, their, their intimate moment where she tells him, hey, you know, I'm going to die. Make sure you tell her all about me and and this and that. I don't know, man. I just, this movie really struck me. I can tell. You've been raving about it for about 20 minutes. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. I, um, I agree with everything you said. Um, I really found their camaraderie to be great and it does show that struggle between allowing her to be a kid and also knowing that she's not allowed to be a kid uh i really like the story arc too by the end of the film she sort of becomes an adult right he has to 
at that point at the end of the film let go and allow yeah. her to assist in the way she can like it's one of those things that's like um you can't not live your life right even i think of like covid and there, you always take your precautions like during the the pandemic and do what you can but you can't really not live your life still right you know you still kind of it's you know my son spent two years locked up in the house and it, it's like those two years of his childhood like I, i'll never get back right, right and i'd rather him have a chance to, to be around kids but you know we did what we thought was best at the time and i don't regret it or anything i'm just saying that that's what came to my mind is weighing those things out the uh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. you're up. Um, it, you know, it's it is a uh, it's a struggle for any parent, I think, um, to kind of let go of. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to where I'm I'm raising a second daughter, um, and so I, I I have I have lessons learned from from my my oldest daughter. And I, I I can see where, you know, I made parenting mistakes and, you know, and so with my youngest daughter, I'm trying not to make those same parenting mistakes, but also live in the background, right? Um, keeping that constant watchful eye. And, and I feel like Casey Affleck in this film is, is very much at this, with this internal conflict of, Hey, you know, she's smart and she's showing like the dialogue in the film proves that she's a smart character. Um, you know, he tries to have this birds and the bees conversation with her and, and, and she's like, you're talking about sex, right? He's like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where where did you learn about that? (laughs) The books? Right, and and so like he's the dialogue is smart is because it allows it allows the daughter to stand on her own um and even though like we're getting we're getting this exposition that well it's not even exposition it's it's Affleck's reasoning of hey we all it's we also have to we all we always have to be ready for this code red right and that's the oh shit it's hit the fan we gotta get out um it, it just I don't know, man. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about a couple scenes. Okay. That uh, I, I, the code red scene, so to speak. So, uh, like you said, they get to that house. They're kind of living there, and she's out being a kid, you know, outside goofing around, playing around, all that stuff. And then you see him doing all these preparations, like always yeah. being prepared, thinking of every situation. And then when the people come to the door, they don't yell or shout. And that makes it sound, it feels so much more dangerous, right? Like I think another uh, director would make a different choice to have them yell and pound on the door and try to get in that way. But they're just like, hey, were you the one with the kid? And he's like, no, no, my brothers are asleep. And he's like, okay, just let us in. And they never raise their voices. And they get to, you know, Ben, not Ben Affleck, but Affleck and, and, and his daughter are hiding in that little cubby. Yeah. And then they get to the door like, come on, just let us in. You know, that sort of deadpan tone that I found so much more frightening than an angry tone. Well, and those preparations saved their lives, right? 
um, or at least saved his which life. Which was cool because you saw him right. setting up. You didn't know what it right. was. Right. And then when he actually does it, you're like, oh, snap. Right. And and that's and that's what I'm saying about like this the uh the directing and the writing being so good here is that those scenes pay like they build his character. Um it gives it gives credence to the type of character that he said he is up to this point. He is the caretaker. He is you know, the uh he is her protector. And it pays off in this moment. And, and so like and that's kind of halfway through the film. And so you're like, okay, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Let's trust him. You know, as the viewer, I'm like, oh, all right. I, I, I'm all in on Casey Affleck's character. Um, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Everything he's said and done so far has been the right call. Um, and I just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just good storytelling there. Um, and then to see, you know, to see them and like his uh, panic reaction is because he kind of scoops his daughter up and he's like, we got to go. And she's just like, OK, let's go. Um, it's because this, it's something that he's like bore into her time and time again. And you see it kind of throughout the movie is like, hey, let's walk through this. What are we doing? Where are we going? How do we get here? How do we get there? Um, and it just. Up until that point, I was very much on board with uh, who his character was and everything that he had done. Because there's there's choices he's he's made up to that point where you're like, oh, man, you're just being a dick. Um, and then, you know, it pays off. And so you're like, okay, maybe, all right, maybe, maybe he knows what he's talking about. He, he lives this life. Um, let's, let's throw some trust his way. Um, I, I just... Wh- and we never get like this really big sense of dread either, right? Um, like it's panic in this house where they're you know the guys being on the door. We never see him though. I mean, we see him kind of like side shot or you know distance or a little bit, but we never we never introduced to any of them. Um, and they just they get out you know through the the little exit way that he created and they, they take off to the stash. Um, and that's it. And then, and then we're, we're back to square one where they're just, they're wandering again. Um, and I just felt like that's, man, it was a really smart choice to, to have that scene play out the way it did is because it, it, it really built my trust into these, these characters that up to that point, we're just like, Oh, he's dad. He's just being a dad. Uh, and we didn't really get to see it. So the other scene is like unto the first, uh, but they they found this house that I think is their grandparents' house or whatever. So they're staying there. There's a nice old man who pretty much knows that Rag is a girl from the beginning. Uh, even says, "Is that like really good scene where he's like, is that your daughter, yeah. or is that some girl you found?" Because he's basically saying to Casey Affleck, if you're not her real dad and you're like abusing her or whatever, he's just not going to let that happen, you know? And so Casey Affleck for the first time, maybe in years tell someone that's my daughter. And you can, Um, and and like that scene where he's like, he kind of struggles to use. I mean, you just see it written all over his face. He's like, if I tell him it's out, you know, um, 
There's almost a sense the... of relief on his face, though, too, yeah. because he hadn't been able to say it in so long. It's, it's another good scene. Um, what did you What did well, you think? I, I wasn't done. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. There, you added to the conversation. So they're in that house, and there's these three guys, and like the head guy, you can tell he's he's a good guy. He establishes himself as a good guy. He's not going to tell anyone that this girl is here or anything like that. But then people like a truck full of men show up much like they did at the other house. And he goes across the hall to one of the housemates and he goes, Hey, there's some guys outside and the housemate just closes the door in his face. And it's like another, Oh shit moment. And you know, you get finally, it's a red alert and it's just the, the subtle way that the movie talks about danger. It's not a sensationalized film. It just right. feels very like subdued, even in its craziness. You know, I found it interesting too, that the movie's rated R um, and they, and it's if you, like we watched this on Amazon, I'm not sure where you watched it, but it puts yeah. that rated R in the corner. It just says violence. And I felt like yeah. the violence was still pretty tame. You know, like I mean, the the, all the final considered. what ten ten minutes of the film probably is what made it R. Right, um, I, I think the one that maybe pushed it over the edge was the hammer to the back of the yeah. head, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which was brutal. <laughs> you know, and it was portrayed so much more realistic that I think uh, was pro- part of the problem. The um, so when he gets to this house and Tom, uh, this guy Tom Bauer is the actor, but he plays a character Tom. Um, you know we're introduced to the people in the house and it's three guys. And, and I felt that that was a weird kind of, um, he just kind of gave himself into this house because it was so cold outside. It was, it was winter snowing. Um, he knew if they didn't get inside, they'd probably freeze or whatever. But, um, he, he makes the decision to go inside this house with these three guys with his daughter. And I just, I felt like that was probably my only critique in this entire film is that that choice didn't line up with what we had known of his character up until this point. Um, just a very, a very cautious, smart guy. It just seemed like a, an unnecessary risk. Um, Knowing that, you know, he's out, he's outnumbered. He's, I mean, he's, if it came to like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta try to, you know, kill, kill these dudes to get out of this house. It's three against one. Um, and like these other two guys, they weren't no small dudes. Um, and I just, I felt that was, that was a weird choice. I don't know why Casey Affleck chose to, portrayed that scene the way it w- the way it happens um but you know and, and I, I I do think that he probably wrote that scene to make the viewer even more cautious of what the decision was um like knowing that up until this point his character had been so cautious and so the viewer by by nature would be like oh what are you doing bro? This goes in the face of everything we just watched, um, and so maybe maybe that's the decision that was made. But um, 
I I did like that the the scenes with this the, uh, this guy Tom and his housemates, whoever they were. We never introduced to him, but um, it's very tenseful. Uh, tenseful. It's a, it's a Ooh, point well, of new words. Is is tenseful a word? Intense. It's very intense. Look up tenseful. Tell me if it's a word. Ten, I I okay. Just look it up. I'm Tense. just telling you to go. To, I'm looking I'm it up. You to, I'm telling Tenseful. you to go to the Google. Uh, no, it's not a word. God it's, a, it. it's an account on right. TikTok. Uh, I think <laughs> I think you're looking In, for intense. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was trying to back my way out of that one. Um, <laughs> in t- I will point out it's... I didn't correct you. I said ooh, <laughs> and then you said anyway. look it up. Anyways, because I knew it was wrong. The second you said, ooh, that's a new word, I knew it was wrong. But um, anyway, but the, the the scenes, like when they're at the dinner table, and it's just, it's very intense, and you don't, you don't trust Tom. And I didn't trust Tom until he told me his backstory, or his, his like, his family history, right? Until he told me he was married for 36 years, and he had three daughters, and countless grandchildren and all this and then I'm like okay all right I can I can I can get behind that yeah um, and like it kind of what made me is when he is like he knew that she was a girl and so his question wasn't is she a girl it was is that your daughter is that your girl yeah right yeah and I kind of trusted him then mostly because at that point because if he was he wouldn't go that far, right? He wouldn't let the guy know that he is on to him. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And, yeah, no, it's... um, And I, I I, really... I wish we had gotten more from, from the character of Tom because I thought that he was pretty... I mean, I, I guess his his role served served his purpose, but... Then he gets killed. Um, right. Tom... Tom, And he gets killed off screen. We don't, we don't see him get killed. But, um... You know the the actor Tom Bauer is very uh, he's good he's good here, and he gives that portrayal of, hey I'm you know, I'm a I'm a guy that uh, he's religious but he's also very subtly, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm looking come for. Come up with a new um, one. Come up with a new one. He's subtly <laughs> tenseful. Yeah. Um, no, it's just it's suddenly strong, right? Yeah. Um, he's not an overwhelming man. He's just, he's actually smaller man. He's smaller than Casey Affleck in this movie, but um, and he he just like the the conversation he has with Affleck in that moment of, hey, is this your daughter? Um, it it gave you that dad like like that that old dad vibe where you're like, oh, this is. This is this is, my dad's coming down. I mean, okay, I can't I can't lie to him. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I lie to him, he gonna whoop my ass. Well, and he was um, backed into a corner too, where he had to tell the truth, right? Because he, he, he's like, if you don't tell me the truth, I'm not letting you leave with her anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just I felt like um, the the character of Tom was was very very well done, um, and. Uh, and then we get another. Then we get another bedtime conversation with uh, with Affleck and and his and his daughter, and it's it it, it plays full full circle from the the opening scene 
except that um, his daughter uh, Rag is is kind of telling the story now, and I, I just thought that was very, that was a cool that was a cool uh, callback, um, and it also kind of closed that that circle of hey uh, these these two are, are are living the same life in the same manner, um, different times but telling the same story. Um, and it really, and it, and it doesn't set up the, the ending at all, but it, it kind of gives closure a little bit to, to the, da- the dad daughter, you know, uh, relationship here is because like we were introduced to their characters this way. And then we go into this final, almost, it's like, it's almost like a final battle, um, you know, uh, where the movie ends. Um, so what did you, what did you think of the ending? I think it was really good. Um, I think the story told you as much as it could. Um, it didn't, what's the way to put this? Cause it it did kind of end not abruptly, but you normally have like this structure and storytelling where you have, you know, your conflict and resolution and we don't get resolution because this is an ongoing sort of reality therein. Yeah. But the, the movie does a great job of showing you that now rag has become mature and able to not just take care of herself, but also take care of her dad. If so, if need be, you know, cause it's pretty much been a one way relationship. And I think, um, you know, it shows her taking care of him. It does a call back to something their mom would call love, love adventures. And um, I, I just thought it was really well done. I think it ended at the right place. Um, and I think it told as much of a story as it needed to. And it didn't have to manufacture anything else to allow it to fit a kind of typical three act structure. Yeah. And the the final the final sequence of this film is uh just a uh, it's an onslaught of you know <laughs> Affleck fighting for his life um and he he fucking fights three dudes uh and and has to go, you know, mono, mono, mono. Yeah, but these uh, aren't action movie fights. These are real no, hunt fights. No, right. These are, these are like, hey, we got to scrap on the ground fights. Um, and I, I appreciate that is yeah. because, like, listen, and I'm, I'm going to interject my right, real can. life, real life shit here. All right. I'm I've ready. scrapped with dude. I've scrapped with dudes on the ground. And is it's that what so you call much. It? It's so much different. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so much different than like anything you could ever see on TV or a movie. It's it's like you're just you're rolling around on the ground and you're just trying to you're trying to be the first one up, right? Um, and so I, I anytime I see a movie where it's like these like gritty like hand hand on hand combat type stuff where the character is just fighting for survival, right? They're just fighting to live. Um and you can you can see that in every every so he fights three guys, Affleck does, 
first one in the attic, um, second one coming out of the attic, and then third one finally, you know, on the first floor of the, the house. Um, and the first one, you know, I'm just like, and the first one was the hammer. The guy gets crawls up in the attic where Affleck was, and Affleck has to kind of surprise him, and then the fight's on, and this guy has a hammer. And, like, this fight doesn't go on for very long. Affleck kind of gets the upper hand, and, and, like, it doesn't make any any really qualms about showing you that because Affleck had the upper hand of surprise and all that, that the fight didn't last very long. Um, it is brutal because he ends up beating the guy in the head with a hammer, but... Um, you know, Blunt you're just like, trauma. well, you never really get the sense that Affleck was in real danger in this fight. Um, and then he gets, he, you know, he, he kills this guy and he's like, all right, good. I can, I can, I can go down because he's already sent rag outside and she fell off the roof and he's like, fuck, I don't know where she is. I, I gotta get to her. And so he, he climbs, he starts to climb down out of the attic and a second guy rushes in and kind of tackles him halfway out of the attic onto the ground. And it's another ground fight. And um, this one's a little bit different, but Affleck eventually gets the upper hand and, you know, kills this guy too. And you can just tell he's exhausted. Um, like, he's just, like, moving around, just like, oh, my God, it's, my, everything's out of me. I just got to get outside. And he finally gets outside and goes face to face with a third guy. And he's like, fuck. Uh, he runs back inside the guy. And then it's an it's a fight from there. And this guy actually gets the upper hand on him. This is this is the fight where I'm like, oh, fuck. I thought he's dead. I thought yeah. Ben Affleck died. Ben Affleck. Yeah, fuck it. His name's Ben Affleck. <laughs> no, I did. And like, and I and then the movie purposely does that, right? So Rag can kind of save the day. Um, which he she does but she doesn't because she shoots both of them she shoots both of them with a shotgun and she he kills the pellet <laughs> right um she 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 kills the bad guy but she also ends up shooting her dad um and like she's kind of kind of rehabilitate him in a shed wherever they're at and it's um and I think there's there's a time lapse there that the movie doesn't really expound on um it's just meant to show that you know it's been a little bit but in that time rag has become the caretaker uh and i thought that was a really good evolution to her character is because ever since she shot them she's had to become the caretaker and she's done a good job of it. She saved her dad's life. Um, even though he told her early on in the movie that no one's going to kill me, you know. Um, I just thought, I thought that was a, it was a really good moment that proved her point in the entire film, right? Um, like, we have been told that she's smart and that she's capable up to that point, and then we find out that, you know, at the end of the movie that she can actually she can do these things. Um, and in the end he, he, he tells her, Hey, we're going to go to this place that, you know, is a safe haven for women. Um, and then her, her look at the end of the movie that where the movie ends. And it was kind of like, I, I thought that, you know, maybe she's not on board with that. Um, 
you know, because it's it's kind of an emotionless scene from her, where it's just he says what he says, and then she's just like, you know, kind of dead stare, and uh, it's kind of ambiguous for you know what what is the interpretation of that? Yeah, I think it's a great ending, but the question at hand is, and I think we all know the answer. Do you recommend this movie? Oh yeah, this one. I mean, to start the to start the year off uh, with this caliber, let's, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. Um, I'm afraid that you know by the year's end, this is going to be an afterthought. But um, hopefully not. Hopefully, you know. Well, I mean, hopefully we have a good year. But um, I can I can definitely see this being a top five movie come, you know week 52 of this podcast well we'll see we got a long way to go and i got a lot of shitty movies to pick that might sway you yeah you do <laughs> yeah what, do you, what about you do you recommend this yeah one? i recommend it but i want to watch some shitty movies so um <laughs> i don't know why i'm saying that but yeah i recommend it it's really good i i can't uh fault it like i said it's very thrilling and engaging and i think you could find a lot to like here well, I I appreciate you letting me me give my ranting about how much I liked. About you liked this it a lot movie. more. Just fair enough, you know. There are plenty of yeah. episodes, mostly based around Van Damme, where I was just like, "This is the best shit of all time." <laughs> the uh, and speaking of Van Damme, what are we watching next week? Jean Claude Van Damme in Sling Blade. Of course, he's not in it. It's written and. Uh, not Daniel Day Lewis, help me out. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> written and direct. No, yeah, written, directed, and starring. We've got the triple threat again. All I've right. never seen it. It's supposed yep. to be this great movie everyone loves, but I'll be ju- the judge of that. I've I have also never seen it. I've, I've I'm really I've, surprised. It's been this on, feels like a movie you would have seen. No, it's been on my list. Like every time, like I see it or I see Billy Bob Thornton, and I'm like, damn, I haven't seen that movie that everybody said he's really fucking good in. Um, the late great John and, Ritter's in this. Yeah, Robert Duvall. Listen, I'm I'm excited just because I've just never sat my ass in front of a TV and put Sling Blade on, and I've been meaning to. It's got Brent Briscoe, so, who was in a Simple Plan, if you remember that. I remember the band so, so No, far. it was a movie didn't wasn't it a movie we watched? Or no, I did a five Simple, minute review on that. Did you, did yeah, you? that was a five minute review. Never mind. I thought you had watched it. Never mind. You hadn't done one in a while, so I don't know. Yeah, um, they're hard to do. They take like <laughs> five minutes to make. <laughs> you you only have to record it. I know. I have no excuse. <laughs> uh yeah, so I'm I'm excited. Uh it where's it streaming at, by the way? Uh it looks like Prime. No, that's nice. the movie we just watched. Uh, what the hell was it called again? Sling, Sling Blade. Blade. Oh, Dwight Yoakam's in this? Let's fucking go. Never heard of him. He's a country singer. Oh, God. Um. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Look uh, up Dwight Yoakam on your YouTube No, music. I'm not doing that. I don't do country music. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's one thing that we've never gotten into, but I fucking hate country music. <laughs> Why? Because uh, it's bad. Um, I would put it this way. This it's My example of it is, or actually what I reversed it was, the romantic comedy. And I mean this in a mainstream sort of sense. There is good country music, like Willie, and that's it. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, there are what I would consider more Americana sort of 
stuff I like. But your Travis Tritts, your fucking um, that's the only one. Alan Jackson, those guys, I hate it. I hate it so much. It makes me want to throw up. I hate the phony accent, the twang. I hate it so much. Uh-huh. And the songs <laughs> lack substance. They're just trash. And there okay. are there are there are country musicians who paved the way, like Willie, like Pearl Haggard, and then these numbskulls come along and just pump out shit. So when I say I hate very, country music, it's a very specific. It's very personalized. Mainstream. Just- okay, so I'll tell you the story of why. Because I for a long time I I knew I hated it and I couldn't remember why. So I went camping with my okay. cousin, and yeah. like a whole family was there, but. My cousin was there, and w- my brother and I were sitting out by the fire, you know, warming up. It was a perfect day for camping, and she turns the radio on, and it's country music, and then it all came flooding back to me. My cousin's house, I had three cousins, all girls lived in this house, and they had a stereo system that had speakers in every room, so if one person put on an album or whatever... It played in every room. There was no escaping it. And it was country music. And I, that's where it came from. I hate that crap. And anybody, you know, like what you like, I'm sure there, I've been told so many times that by people that they don't like Weird Al Yankovic. That's fine. I don't care. But boy, country music is just the worst. Anyway, uh, what was I, I love I love the personalized hate. I do. I, I I'm glad. I, I don't mean that. any offense. I, I have said it to other country music fans, and they always go, "Why?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm not a fan of country music. I was I was kind of raised on country music, and I'm just like, ah. Uh. So like older, 70s, 80s country is is kind of where I'm like, okay, that's yeah. Right. Like I can get behind some of that, right? Yeah. But don't give me Billy uh, Ray Cyrus. You know, like. I can't. I, it's like any genre of music, to be honest. There is like your poppy stuff, you know, that's kind sure. of fun popcorn stuff. Yeah, relaxing radio it, stuff. But yeah, and that's the same with country music. It's just the same shit over and over. But because I was forced to sit through it, there's other genres of movie or music I don't like or don't enjoy, but no one ever forced me to listen to it. You know what right. I mean? And I think that's where it really comes from. Yeah. So now that we've gotten that tangent out of the way, um want to give a shout out to this uh it's a country this band. music. <laughs> uh The Wildlife with the song All My Friends. Uh they're a they're a indie rock band from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, so be sure to hit the show notes, give them a like, follow, subscribe. They're doing big things. We appreciate them. Allows to use their music here on our podcast. Um, if you want to follow the podcast on all your favorite social media platforms, we're at Movie Draft House, um, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, right here on YouTube, where some of you may be watching us. Uh, make sure you hit the follow, or I'm sorry, the subscribe, subscribe button when it pops up. That way you don't miss any future content here on the podcast. And if you want to follow Jeff on Twitter and tell him, hey, man, you got to let that country hate go. Never. This is weighing you down. Uh, you can find him at Podcast by Jeff. It's become too much of my identity to let go, <laughs> um, to be honest. 
my brother and I, because my brother was there, and we both kind of had the same realization. And um, I don't know if he hates it as much as I do, but it's a shared a shared loathing. Um, if you want to get in touch with Mark and find out his favorite country music artist, you could do that on Twitter at I Heard You Liked. It's you the band Alabama. You don't got to, you know, I don't, you know, you don't you have to that. think about it. Nope, it's the band Alabama. Um, that's 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 the that's the country music that I I associate with. Well, there you go. Um, well, if you want to also check out my other podcast chronologically, you can look that up. Coming near the uh, last couple months of the season, and uh, just find that wherever you get your podcast. What's the current season? We're still in the Shyamalan. Oh, still in, in Shyamalan. In okay. real life, we finished, and it's all edited and uploaded. Right. Um. But we're currently in Shyamalan. Next season's going to be uh, Stephen King movies from the 70s and 80s, doing those in chronological order. And then we haven't decided what we're doing past that just yet. I, you know, so it's it's the, the holiday season when we're recording, right? And uh, John Hughes, man. When you when you do John Hughes chronologically. Dude, it's on the list. It's going to be slamming. Yeah, it's it's got to be, it's got to be soon, right? Um I, He's got to be at the top of the. He's one of the the. I mean, there's like Spike Lee, him. Um. Then we have some other more little obscure ones, but that's about it. I mean, the big ones that we definitely want to get around to are Spike Lee, uh, and John Hughes. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, like Tim Burton's on there. So. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, yeah. So uh, make sure you're following that podcast too, because they're doing fantastic things. Um, Jeff, any. Words of wisdom. What what do we start in the year off with? Oh, I should have thought of something if such an occasion as this. Um, but uh, you know, it's okay to like what you like, and it's okay to hate what you hate, and nobody has to be offended by it. There, how's that? Sounds good to me. All right. What I'm not I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about media. It's not okay to, <laughs> to be racist. <laughs> let me. Let me go well, I mean, like, listen. You can like. You can not like whoever you want. You can like whoever you want. Just not based on it's, race. It's not okay to hate people based on certain demographics, right? right? But if um, they make shit but, movies like The Fountain, it's totally fine. <laughs> if you're a Darren Aronofsky fan, I hate you. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I just don't understand you. <laughs> I don't hate people who like country music. I just hate country music. Fair enough. We'll see you next week. My friends fucking hate you You left me for someone brand new You like to hide behind your lies They got my back, you don't got mine Yeah, all my friends fucking hate you And I think I hate you I never did All my friends fucking hate you You left me for someone brand new Yeah, You like to hide behind your lies They got my back, you don't got mine Yeah, all my friends fucking hate you